you have a responsibility and if you want to live a productive, focused, energetic life long enough to enjoy the fruits of your labor, you know, putting in so much effort into your business, you have to take care of yourself because you're the one that has the most vested interest in your own well-being. Your doctor's never going to have more than that and you can't afford them if you wanted them 24-7. This is Super Fast Business with James Schramko. James Helping you build your business super fast. James Schrapko here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 674, and it's the first of a five-part series with my good friend, Anita Chaperon. Welcome back. Hey, James. It's good to be back. It's been a while, so I'm happy to be back. It has. It's at, We were in the 400s last time we spoke. We had episode 453. 454, 55, and then 495. We've talked about all sorts of things like morning power routines, DNA. So as you've guessed already, we're into a health topic and you've been doing a lot of research and development in the meantime, and you've come up with this thing called bio upgrade method, which neatly shortens to bum. <laughs> and uh, it's hard to forget that one. It's kind of like the program that helps you get less of the acronym. <laughs> or at least strengthens it. And we're going to just dissect the various components that you've put together and you've generously offered to come along and share some highlights from this. We will, of course, put a link in our show notes to the program that you have, and we'll also make a redirect from superfastbusiness.com forward slash Anita, A-N-I-T-A. So we'll make sure that that is there for you. If you're listening to this on your phone, you can type that into your phone and find the program. Over this series, we're going to be talking about how to get in charge of your own health. We're then going to go into the food component. Then we're going to talk about the recharge and energy repair component. And then we'll talk about movement and cleaning up, I guess. And then the last part will be about enjoying your life and having some enthusiastic focus type activities. So we won't get too deep into those areas for now. We're going to focus on episode one. And it's time to become the CEO of the business of you. So why don't you give us a little intro to that, Anita? <laughs> um, yeah, you've already done a great job of the intro. What we were thinking of, so we've covered DNA, habit formation, and, and morning power routines, and all of those are kind of health focus and you know peace of mind focus, but they're all just tools. So um, since the last time we spoke, I've been working quite intently and intensely on creating a methodology that's easy to just pick up and implement into your daily life and focusing specifically into the daily life of entrepreneurs like us because we tend to be quite absorbed in our businesses and we spend a lot of time on building them and typically the health side of things falls you know unnoticed until something goes terribly wrong and um, in the past few years of you know without scaremongering or anything like that but it's become very very urgent um, kind of mission of mine to bring something simple to people like us so that we don't have to wait until our schedules are so clear you know like clear your schedule for a month so you can get healthy and start to eat better and all that stuff I wanted to bring something that we can start doing you know bit by bit every single day so the bio upgrade method is basically something you love your metaphors so the way I usually present it is it's like kind but not for your business, for your health. So it allows you to build your health one small step at a time, pretty much. So yeah, so with this series, what I see us doing potentially is to give a few um, in each area of health, there are five of those, and I'll introduce those in a little bit more depth in this first episode. But what I wanted to do in this series is to give people at least three very, very easy to implement tactics that give you the 80-20 in terms of gains for your health. 
So then, you know, you can start working on your health even tomorrow with very little prep and with very relatively small effort, because by now we all know that diets don't work. So we're not expecting a, you know, a magic bullet or a push button solution. So we all understand we have to put in a bit of effort. And this effort, what I'm trying to do is to minimize the effort put in and maximize the output. So basically, that's the overview. <laughs> I think the general concepts here that are interesting are that we need to be proactive in our own health. Often people leave it till it's too late. I actually recently spent about five hours sitting in emergency ward for a family member who had a severe headache. Luckily, it wasn't me, but it's still never pleasant to be in that place. But I could hear the conversations in the beds next to us, and they were frightening. <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> the discussions between the doctors and the nurses and the patients blew my mind. One guy is there and he can't breathe and he's telling them that he's going through a Ventolin inhaler every few days and he's habitually using it. And he confesses that he doesn't know how to use it properly and he's not getting a good peak flow score on the blowing assessment. Yeah. And they're encouraging him very strongly to go and see a GP and to take preventative inhaler to stop him actually needing it, to break that habit. But it didn't sound like he was going to go and make that visit. <laughs> the bed on the other side, there was a, a lady who was born in the 20s and uh, she was getting all sorts of things, you know, contrast dye going through an IV and tests and catheters and, you know, it was she could hardly communicate as well. And it was just like, you know what, the less time I can spend in a hospital, the better. And the more focused and determined I am to take control of my own health, because you either spend the time and the money on the way through the journey or you'll cop it at the end in a big way and it's not going to be pretty and your health is just so important. And I think you suggested earlier in this call that a lot of entrepreneurs start to sort of push it to the side. And I see people chasing every dollar on the table. They talk about it. They're leaving money on the table. But I think some people grab the money, but they leave life on the table. Absolutely. Time with loved ones, time with themselves even. Yeah. I'm so thankful for that time I get to have every day with my surf activity. To me, that's like living. It's the actual interpretation of living, feeling alive and the enjoyment and the engagement, but the actual ability to paddle around and stay fit and to be able to do that for an hour or two. Whereas I really struggled to do that five or six years ago. In fact, if you recall, I could barely even turn my neck. Yeah. I was so seized up from inflammation and stiffness and getting some pretty ordinary advice from the traditional GP advisors who, when you look into the research, generally they're on a pretty low wage, massive stress, high levels of dissatisfaction in their job, massive levels of sickness. And I just wonder how they could possibly stay on top of yeah. best technology when they're in that environment. Talking about expecting somebody to take care of you, um, you know, the general medical practitioner, or the GP, they get something like two weeks nutritional training in the entire tenure. And uh, from what we've heard, um, there was a recent book published on sleep. They get less than a week training on what, how sleep can help you be healthier. And these are the two of the most leverageable areas that you can execute on to create good health. So to expect them to give you some advice that is going to turn your life around. This puts me on to, you know, the urgent message. And I've never been a scaremongerer before. In fact, I used to poo-poo people that created too much hype around, you know, the inevitability of stuff. But the issue and the reality is that we're getting sicker and then we're also getting sick in very different ways than we used to get sick. 
Like your grandmother would get sick, she'll get influenza, and then it's easy for the doctor to just go and you know treat that. But at the moment, we are getting sick in chronic ways, and those chronic conditions typically multifactorial. It's not like one thing that's causing it, and therefore you take a pill and it fixes it. And that's the scary part. And it's something that we're seeing globally, and it's something that's perpetuated by toxicity in the air and our environment, and then also incredible amounts of stress, social stress, stress from work, stress from over-exercising, stress from over-dieting or eating in a way that's not really good for you specifically. And, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. Like I keep saying, there's small interventions that we can start doing right away. And the real paradox here, if I can carry on for a, a few seconds, the paradox is that even if somebody came to you and said to you, this is everything you need to do to create good health in your life, you can't possibly execute on it all at once. So that is a ridiculous aspiration to start with. And then the way I'm proposing, and it's not just me, I'm not the first one to talk about tiny habits or, you know. The way I'm proposing we do it is, is, is instead of waiting for this, you know, perfect one month where we don't have any work, we don't have any family commitments, nobody's visiting, nobody gets sick, nobody needs to be carted around, which is never going to happen. Just start implementing one little thing at a time, the Kaizen way, you know, the 80-20, and just, you know, pick things that you resonate with emotionally right now, changes that you're eager to create, because that's how you're most likely to stick with them. And then the next month, build another one on. And then another one. And all it takes is using exactly the same tools that you use to build your business. You use the same principles to build your health. That's it. And um, I wanted to present in, in this episode, I wanted to present three global kind of elements that will shift the way we think about our health. And once you reframe how you think about your health, that should make it easier to implement the small changes later on. The ones we're going to talk about in episode four, five and three <laughs> and two. Great. Well, I contend that the health of you is very strongly linked to the health of your business, even though, strictly speaking, a business is more of a business to the extent that it works without you. However, it's hard to get it to that point of leverage if you are overtired, stressed out, adrenal gland fatigued, or constantly visiting practitioners. So two points here. One is, let's make a decision rather than to wait until something fails and we end up seeking medical help because we're broken, let's do some preventative stuff first. So that's one. And the second one is if we accept that our personal health is quite directly linked to the health of our ability to run the business and therefore the business's success, there's a tremendous benefit. Aside from just health and living, you could actually have a financial benefit from being so much more active and healthy and acute and aware. And I would say that's been my experience. I've been able to constantly increase my profit and significantly decrease the amount that I'm working, the amount of stress and the amount of drama in my life through exactly the concepts I talk about in Work Less, Make More, where I've stacked you with your business and your team. You know, those three things together can create such a tremendous outcome. And this business of you, of becoming the CEO of the business of you, I just love that (laughs) concept. It's about responsibility and it's a very easy to accept and understand metaphor. So I'm really excited for you to roll out the framework that we're going to build upon in the next episodes. Cool. So, I mean, this is a perfect segue, actually. So the business of you, or to me as obvious, it implies that you'll be using strategies and tactics that you're familiar from your business. So it kind of flattens out that learning curve to start with and makes things a little bit less intimidating because the problem I'm seeing in you know people that I work with is they perceive you know taking care 
of themselves as this massive mammoth mountain that, you know, they can never possibly climb without becoming a doctor. And it doesn't have to be that way. And then they see that they've got to do everything or nothing. And it's not that either. So the tactics and actually the tips we're going to present to you guys, to the listeners over the next few episodes, they're going to sound unsexy. And that's the whole point of it. Some of the most effective things in the world are as simple as I'm not going to say the swear word with an S, but, you know, they're not sexy, but they're effective. And I just want to, you know, kind of appeal to everybody listening. Just try them. Even if you think you've tried them before, try them in this context, try them with the three-step method that I'm going to share with you. And just forget about thinking, oh, it has to be something sexy. It has to be something new. It's got to be, you know, research study indicating that it works. This has been tried and tested and it works, hands down it works, and it will create massive changes for you. And the point is that once it creates the first good effect for your health, you're going to want to do more for yourself because our bodies and our brains are wired to want more of the good stuff. And actually, that's kind of one of the hidden pretexts of the entire method is that it creates small wins so that you want to do more. And it doesn't seem like you're giving up all the stuff that you enjoy, giving up tasty food and all that stuff. Okay, so there were three concepts that I want to present to you guys that will hopefully shift the way you think of your health and then help you along the way. The first and the kind of the very important one is that you're your own knight in shining armor. And I know it sounds simplistic, but basically it means that what James, you alluded to earlier is the times have gone where you had a choice before to go and, and say, here, doctor, I'm broken, fix me. Because even doctors, the medical profession is going through a transitionary period at the moment because we're getting sick in different ways and we're getting sick so fast. Plus, we're finding out a lot of new medical discoveries. The medical profession is in, in kind of in the middle at the moment and they're having to regroup themselves and re-engineer themselves. It's no longer about fixing the broken uh, medical system. It's now having to recreate it in a different way to serve the patient rather than to serve the stakeholders like the insurance companies. So even they don't know what they're doing at the moment. So you have a responsibility. And if you want to live a productive, focused, energetic life long enough to enjoy the fruits of your labor, you know, putting in so much effort into your business, you have to take care of yourself because you're the one that has the most vested interest in your own well-being. Your doctor is never going to have more than that, and you can't afford them if you wanted them 24-7. So that's kind of the main concept, that you need to take ownership. You need to take, you know, become responsible and decide that you're going to do this for yourself. And also you're going to do this for your family and for your business, like James, like you were saying earlier. All of that exists in the same 24 hours. And this leads me to the second concept, which is start to think about your health and your body as a system. Right. It's a system that's part of a larger ecosystem of your environment and your business is part of that environment. Your team in your business is part of that environment. Then you've got the obvious ones like, you know, the air that you breathe, the people you socialize with outside of work, where you live, what you do for entertainment, etc. And this is kind of the primary mistake we're seeing with uh, conventional healthcare is that everything is a specialism. If there's something wrong with your kidneys, you go to the kidney doctor. If there's something wrong with your heart, you go to the cardiologist and so on and so forth. And the truth is that none of them exist by themselves. You know, your kidney, if you took, well, your kidneys, if you took them out of your body, they're no longer that useful. <laughs> 
Same with your heart. You know, if you remove all of your veins from your cardiovascular system, again, they're not going to do the function. So the reason why I'm bringing that way of thinking to your attention is that when you understand that your body is a system, you understand that it doesn't exist all by itself. Or if you get a headache, um, like James, you had to go to the hospital with a family member. If somebody gets a headache, you can't just expect to treat the headache and then forget about everything else. You've got to ask yourself, why is this headache happening? That's such a good point because it relates to one of the points you're saying about new ways that people are getting affected. The headache in this case was related to excessive screen time on computers and tuned with not updating eyesight prescription, which is most likely deteriorated because of excessive screen time. So all this flickering light, the closing in of the world, the the shutting out of daylight, the upset sleep routine and uh, lack of physical exercise has just caused the body to go into shutdown, basically. And it's just 80, 90 hours of throbbing head is your body's way of saying, this is not good and we can't sustain this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically saying to you, so in this case, when you think of the body as a system, you understand that there's a cause and then there's also a signal to indicate that something's gone wrong, which we call symptoms. So symptoms are just signals. There are babies in China now who have had excessive screen time before the age of two wow. and they have permanent brain damage. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, you know, we can talk about other scary stories, how babies are not born with excessive amount of lead in their bones already because they have accumulated all of the lead that the mother hasn't detoxed while they were carrying the baby. So literally they're lead babies. And, you know, it's no longer a myth about toxicity. It's now an absolute, you know, it's present everywhere. And even when I work with people about their toxicity, I don't even bother to test them because I know that they've got toxicity. It's just a matter of what they have and how much. It's so eye-opening, but it does link to that story. Like some of these things the screen time wouldn't have happened in the 40s or 50s, right? No. no. <laughs> because it'd be extremely rare. Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone had a computer. Yeah. In fact, in the Mika report that I was reading recently on the internet trends that's published each year, the average American spends over six hours on the screen watching videos. Six hours of videos a day on average. <laughs> and I asked the doctor, what is a recommended screen time per day? And she said two hours. I can't think of a single human I know who spends less than two hours on a screen in a day. No, there isn't. But again, thinking in terms of systems, right, it's not just how much time you spend on screen time. It's about not taking time to, you know, to relax those eyes. It's not taking time to go and take a walk in the wild so you can replenish, you know, re-ionize yourself and all that. So it's it's so funny you say that. <laughs> like I break my work day, which is today, into two halves of the morning batch and the afternoon batch. Yeah. And then during the day, that's when I, I go down on earth in the sea. I was watching the waves roll in today. There's plenty of research on the positive benefits of watching water, watching the waves. We have more waves than you have there in Gibraltar, I think. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's so good just to breathe in that fresh air. And I also want to speak to one of your other points. You said some of these things might sound plain or boring. I have a fantastic friend uh, who I've sort of met on social media who's very into health and he's from Germany. And he just said something so profound. He said, try taping your mouth shut and just breathing through your nose. (laughs) That's such a simple modification. But upon buying a book he recommended and researching breathing through your nose, I discovered that we all overbreathe, we're inefficient, 
It causes a lot of our problems relating to asthma because you're blocking off the body's natural dehumidifier and filter. Exactly. So focusing more on breathing through my nose, it actually made big changes for me in the way that I felt and the way that I could breathe. I used to always have a stuffy blocked nose and now I can breathe through my nose and I feel like I don't really get asthma anymore and I sleep better. But just remembering that simplest thing, just pretend my mouth's taped shut. Yep. And actually, this is a very good point to make as well over here is that you were ready to hear this one simple point, right? Because we all hear a lot of health tips all the time. I mean, there's no shortage of that. And that's why I'm saying like with the information we're going to dispense in the next few episodes, just choose one that resonates the most, that clicks with you emotionally and you feel excited about trying out and implementing because that's the most likely one you're going to succeed with. And for you, this just appealed at the time. And yes, it's absolutely critical. I mean, you know, your nose has got the equipment to filter out all sorts of bacteria and viruses that make you sick, usually if you inhale them through the mouth. And also the mouth has a very different kind of composition environment that basically, you know, is the best breeding ground for any viruses and bacteria. So by inhaling through your mouth, you basically just incubating stuff that's going to infect you and then make you sicker. And I should point out that when I go to the Maldives, the dive instructor, he teaches us to make sure we breathe through our mouth because it's a much larger opening and you get a huge intake of oxygen and it's vital for your survival when you're getting pounded by waves and you're held underwater. There are exceptions to the rule, of course. So it's <laughs> When I'm in a big hold down or in the surf, I use it as basically an opening up the carburetor and getting maximum airflow, but in general. Thing. Also, when you say words like dispensing information, I feel like at some point we should be talking about how I'm not a doctor and you know <laughs> do your own things at your own risk because I definitely don't pretend to know a lot about this stuff and I'm sure that things would have to be tailored for individuals and there could possibly be you know some risks or unknown side effects of yeah. some of the things that we talk about about, but I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, definitely. We both know the doctor and we don't want to play one. And the responsibility is entirely with the listener to make sure they do their due diligence and consider all the different factors that might be affecting their ecosystem. Yeah. So I think the main point is, look, I'm interested in optimizing me so that I can have a great life. It does help my business. That's why I want to bring this to the audience. We've had great feedback on all the episodes we've had before. <laughs> they made it into yeah. the top episodes for the year. There is a strong following. I can't tell you how often someone comes up to me and says, where do you get your DNA from? They've heard the episodes. <laughs> they know what a difference it made for me. So my personal experience made it worth me being passionate to talk about. And having done that for some of the people who I love, it's actually helped us tune things like our diet and understand more about the way that we we recover and our tolerances for things. It was just very insightful. So what else is left in this episode one and the introduction to becoming the CEO of the business of you? Okay. So very briefly, we've covered your body's system within an ecosystem of your environment. Your system has five, and this is in the bio-upgrade method, I'll talk about the five subsystems of your health. And this is, if you can imagine the letter H for health, in the middle, you have the main holding factor, which is to eat well. So that's your nutrition. Then you've got in the vertical axis at each point, you have the second subsystem is rest daily, which includes sleep and also recreational time and resting throughout the day, taking breaks. Then the third one is move often. And that means exercising, but also taking time in nature, 
going for walks, playing with the kids, etc. And then the fourth subsystem would be make happy, which I've intentionally named it that way because happiness and focus and energy and the right mindset doesn't just come to you on a silver platter. You've got to actually make it happen. And then the final one is the one that very often gets overlooked, but it's coming more and more to the forefront in terms of healthcare is the cleaning up. And that means cleaning up whatever's accumulated over the years in terms of toxins and heavy metals and parasites, but also cleaning up on a daily basis through the foods that you eat, through the actions that you do, for example, exercising or meditation or sauna. So we're going to talk about all of those five different subsystems in more detail over the next episodes. The two other concepts I wanted to briefly introduce on this one so that you guys can think about them in the meantime while the next episode is coming out is that knowing that your body is an ecosystem or system, understand that every single manifestation, every symptom that you get has a cause and the symptom is just an effect. So make sure that you consider both and you treat for both when you are healing. And then if you're working with a healthcare practitioner, make sure that you press them, you know, use them as a consultant because that's what they are. Your doctor is a consultant for your health in the business of you, just like you would hire a marketing consultant for your other business, right? So make sure you bring it to the attention that there's a cause and effect and you need to consider and treat both. Now, the second principle that I wanted you to keep in mind is that business and personal, and James, you said this before, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but understand that you, the business of you and your other commercial business or your you know, revenue-based business, those take part in the same 24 hours of the day. So you cannot even think of separating them. So if you're going to be t- um, getting healthy, you need to schedule some self-care time. Schedule it in the same calendar that you schedule your other appointments for your business. Because as we know, what gets scheduled gets done. You know, you're going to show up for those appointments more readily. It's forefront of your attention. And when you're scheduling personal, you know, self-care appointments, use the same principles you do for your business appointments. Be descriptive. Use active language and pile as much of the necessary information inside your actual appointment schedule. Let's say if you are planning on taking a recreational break, put the details inside there. You know, instead of just saying, take a break, say, go out and play soccer with the kids. I don't know if it's soccer or football, but whatever it is. <laughs> oh, it depends on the country. Yeah. In the UK, I think they call it football. In Australia, they call it soccer because we have Australian rules football. We also have <laughs> rugby league, rugby union, and they even play NFL, the American football, gridiron. So be specific, right? You know, going out to play with the kids and then put a reminder for yourself, you know, decide depending on the activity, do you need to prepare for it half an hour before? Do you need to know about it a day in advance? Literally, the way you would prepare for your business appointment, put the information in there because the more information you've got right up front, psychologically and subconsciously, you're going to be more ready to act on it as opposed to if you just put some vague description on there with no helpful information, no numbers that you need to call, no instructions or you know directions. You're just basically going to keep putting it off and then it's less likely you're going to do it. Hopefully it gets installed as such a strong routine that it's just a default. Like, For example, I know I'm going to surf every day. Yeah. I check my surf apps for the local beach breaks. My equipment's right next to the door. My wetsuit's on its coat hanger ready for the next session. I have an SOP and it's just automatic. And I've built my schedule around making sure that I have that time. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's, you know, you've been doing this for quite a while and then you've paid attention to it as a central thing for your health, which is great. It's just in the beginning, you would need all the help that you can, you know, to get that. Well, in the beginning, you might make lessons, for example, and you would definitely 
<laughs> you'd have to go out of your way. Yeah. When you get to the point of obsession like I have, then it comes first and then the business has to fit around it. It actually moves through the pack of business duties and then takes position. There was this funny situation I had. I've been running webinars for my members now every month for a long time, I don't know, six or seven years. Mm -hmm. And on the last call, it seemed like I didn't show up. And it was because we added an extra call. We've now do two a month for my high level. And the webinar link for the second call was very similar looking to the first call, which I've subsequently changed, but I'd logged on to the wrong link. <laughs> Everyone's logged into the forum and said, where is he? The waves must be good. You know, they, they automatically knew exactly what I should be doing if I wasn't going to be there. So it wasn't even a question. <laughs> it's not, it's not like, Oh, he's forgotten or he's got the wrong link. It's like the waves must be amazing. It's uh, so interesting ingrained. And I think the best way to get something done is to make it as joyful and habitual as possible. Not like the guy in the bed next to us with his ventil and inhaler. <laughs> That's the wrong kind of habit. Yeah. And it's not going to get you anywhere. But a good healthy habit can get you a long way down the track. Yeah, that's a very good point. And then this is why I'm you know, re-emphasizing that it needs to be something you have an emotional pull towards, whether it's because, oh, I can't wait to feel that way, or if it's Oh, this would be so good to implement or whatever, you know, it has to have an emotional pull. Otherwise, you're not going to carry through and you're just going to waste your time and your effort and possibly your self-belief if you do fail. So, you know, these are like very basic habit principles. If you want to go and re-listen to the habit podcast, go and do that. That would be very helpful. And it is part of the bio-upgrade method as well. I just want to very quickly introduce the last concept because I think that, not a think, but people I work with usually find this one of the most powerful reframes for their health. And it allows them to relax about it a little bit more. So the third principle that I wanted to introduce was the inflammation bucket analogy. I'm still not very good at distinguishing between analogies and metaphors, but James, this should be appealing to you as well. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the inflammation bucket analogy is not something I came up with, but what it says is inflammation is one of kind of the biggest catch-all for chronic disease. And medical research has now shown that the more inflammation you have in your body, the more likely you are to get ill and to suffer chronic conditions, etc. So it makes sense that the lower your inflammation, the better your health will be and you feel better, you have more energy, more vitality, etc. Right. And so on the basis of that, the inflammation bucket is if you imagine you have this one bucket for the day and every morning you wake up. If you're relatively healthy, right, you will wake up with a little bit of inflammation at the bottom of the bucket. Imagine it as a bit of liquid, right? So you wake up because you've restored through your good night's sleep. You've had enough deep sleep, REM sleep. And we're going to talk about more about sleep fixing in the next few episodes. So you wake up with this little bit of inflammation in your bucket in the morning. And then by the time you have to, you know, get yourself out of bed, that takes up a bit of, um, you know, willpower. Then you've gone and you've got to figure out what you're going to wear for the day. So your inflammation bucket is a little bit more full. Then let's say you've got a bit of difficulty getting the kids up and then feeding them and getting getting them off to school or wherever they need to go. And that fills up the inflammation bucket. And then let's say straight after you drop them off at school, you go and you do a yoga class. Now, yoga class is typically restorative if you do it at the right level. And because it's restorative, it diminishes the inflammation in your bucket. So now you end up with a slightly lower level. So you get the idea. Basically, everything you do within a given day either adds to the inflammation in your bucket or it subtracts from it if it's a restorative thing. So if you're taking breaks every hour, which is away from the screen time, right, then you diminish the inflammation. And if you don't take breaks, then the inflammation just keeps on you know, adding up. And then that's how it goes through the whole day. 
And then imagine you come to the evening, basically, and you're sitting down with your partner and you've put the kids to bed. Your information bucket is now pretty much at the top of it, right? Because you haven't taken any precautions to deplete the information in it by doing restorative actions. So it's right at the brim. And you're sitting down for supper finally, and you're going to have this nice, healthy baked salmon with a lovely green salad with all the best things that are recommended for good health, right? Nice, fresh veggies. And you have that with a tiny little glass of red wine, which is also fine. And then, you know, I mean, depending on who you speak to, but generally it's fine. And you have this amazing reaction of bloated stomach. You know, you get a headache. Then you go to bed, you struggle to fall asleep. When you eventually fall asleep, you get up halfway through the night to go wee. And then basically really rubbish sleep. That's because your inflammation bucket by the time you had that supper was really at the brim of it. And then maybe you were slightly intolerant to one of the ingredients, which usually your body wouldn't notice. But because the inflammation bucket was so full, now it overflows. So you've exceeded your limit of what your body can create or what your body can handle. You know, like in contrast to that, you know, you go through the same day, but you've been to the yoga class. So that's reduced inflammation. You've spoken to a friend that you love talking to, and that's reduced inflammation a bit more. Then towards the end of the evening, you've decided to take a bit of a meditation for 10, 15 minutes. That's reduced inflammation. So now you get to the evening and you eat exactly the same meal that you ate in the other scenario with this, you know, salmon and salad. You have your nice conversation with your partner. You go to bed. You sleep like a baby. Um, sorry, a baby that sleeps through the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, babies don't sleep, so that's a funny metaphor. I'm starting to wonder about that. <laughs> <laughs> sleep like a log, maybe? Okay, there you go. Sleep like a log. Because sleep like you did, it also doesn't really bode very healthily. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Um, but yeah, you have a good night's sleep, and then you wake up all refreshed and, and ready to meet the next day, and you're happy, and that's it. And in both situations, right, You've had exactly the same dinner with the same ingredients, with the same glass of red wine and the same, pretty much same environment, you know, at the moment to the time of ingesting the dinner. And the reactions were totally, totally different because of how you handled your day, how you handled your inflammation throughout the day. So that's why the inflammation bucket analogy for me is like a vessel, excuse the pun, for caring about yourself. And it's a really easy thing to think of because we all know to some extent, maybe not in the nuances, but to some extent broadly, we all know what's good for us and what's bad for us, right? And then if we just learn to respect and notice those signals and then have that visual of am I adding to the inflammation in the bucket or am I subtracting from it with what I'm doing, then we've got a real-time feedback loop where we can actually say, okay, you know, I've had a lot of stress today. You know, the kids have been playing up and I had to fire somebody at work because they weren't pulling their weight. And now we're going to go into this whole new recruitment process. It's so stressful, but let's go and have a, a nice light yoga workout so that I can reduce some of that stress and uh, uh, let some of those toxins flow through my body and eliminate them through sweat or go and take a nice sauna or go and have a massage. You know, any of those activities that now depletes the inflammation and that ensures that you get to the end of your day with an overall balance of, you know, good and bad influences. So, yeah, that's kind of the last thing that I wanted to put out there. I just want to say that for me, that's the highlight. I don't think that inflammation was on my radar until a few years ago when I started to get into it. In fact, the doctor who I went to see when I couldn't move my neck 
and she did an MRI and declared I had osteoarthritis. She gave me this packet of tablets and they were like all day long anti-inflammatory tablets that I think would probably melt your gut into like ulcer, yeah. ulcersville. Like they looked toxic and they felt toxic when I took them. And I said, what other options do I have? And she goes, you don't really have any. You cannot reverse osteoarthritis. Oh, yeah. And boy, oh, boy, did we get a completely different result over <laughs> the oncoming years. With, you know, inflammation is absolutely critical. Yeah. And that's definitely a battle that I've taken on and had significant progress with. The themes that keep popping up for me these days after we got to the DNA, I'm hearing more about meditation, sleep, breathing, gut and inflammation. These are like all the hot points that I think are definitely not being taken seriously. Yeah. I wanted to just ask you something that's not on our agenda, but I'd keep seeing, especially in America, where the markets kind of become unregulated, I'm seeing a massive amount of conversations around CBD oil or cannabis oil. Mm -hmm. And I'm also seeing a lot of them are taking performance enhancers and brain supplements and so forth. And I wonder what you feel about those things so all of those have their places and they have their correct and incorrect uses but they're just tools they're just tools and they don't really reach into the foundation of health and to me and i say this in the biograph method as well is that you cannot work on applying tools that you know if you apply tools to a bad foundation, you're just going to get more bad results because just to, you know, simple example, CBD, depending on who you speak to, is not specifically addictive. But my point is that some of these things can be. And you can, if you don't get addicted to the actual substance, you can get addicted to the produced effect. So if you, for example, are, you know, burning the candle at both ends to use a lovely... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the candle that burns brightest, <laughs> burns shortest. Yeah, it <laughs> burns out the quickest. Yeah, twice as bright, burns for half as long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but basically, if you, if you are doing nothing to generate healthy energy for your body and to have a clear mind and focus and vibrancy through eating the correct way for yourself, through exercising regularly, detoxing, etc., etc., if your brain is toxic with mercury overload from years and years and years of exposure, right, without you detoxing it, and now you keep slapping on nootropics on it uh, and CBD, you know, all you're going to do is you're going to alleviate the symptoms, but you're not fixing the root cause. So it's going back to that. Now, there are circumstances, I'm not saying that's the case for everything, but there are circumstances like post-traumatic stress disorder, for example, where you need to intervene with some of these, at least on a short-term basis. But you must make sure that you're using it just as a tool. It's not a lifestyle. And many people, if you're not a doctor, if you don't have in-depth knowledge, many people will address this and they'll use it as a lifestyle. And then it becomes just a crutch. And this is something I wanted to say with inflammation. The most sinister part about inflammation is that if you're not aware of it, you can carry on for 10 years sometimes creating the same chronic problem without it having any symptoms until it hits you. And then when it hits you, it's hard. It's hard to heal. Yes, all of these substances have their effects. If you are going to stand on stage and present to somebody very important, by all means, go and take nootropics that you know you're going to react to positively so you can have enhanced performance for that one instance. But don't do it as a crutch. Don't use it as people, you know, use caffeine, for example, to wake themselves up. Like that movie Limitless. Yeah. <laughs> it's good until it's no good anymore. Exactly. Exactly. I often think, well, they might maybe cut back on the Red Bulls and <laughs> with vodka and, and just have a good look at yourself. Maybe there's some other way. <laughs> so 
I'm really keen for them to roll out wave pools everywhere. So then I can recommend people take up surfing. But until that time, it's going to get awfully crowded in the lineup. So <laughs> hold off. <laughs> Anita, well, this was going to be a shortish introduction episode, but we covered some amazing topics. And I'm actually really excited to unpack the next few episodes because I've already discovered something, been reminded again, the inflammation buckets analogy was terrific. And by the way, I really do think that is an analogy rather than a metaphor because it's, it's a more complex theme. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> yep. And it's actually, it reminded me of willpower. It sounds like the exact opposite of willpower, yeah. where we start our day with a bucket full of willpower and we use it up all through the day and then we end up with none left at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, that's why we all have domains we purchased at 3 a.m. <laughs> that we're never going to use in the rest of our life. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you don't have to look far around your household to find a few. I can't imagine who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not talking about Andre Chaperon <laughs> because uh, him and I, to laugh about how many domains you he actually acquired and i put my hand up and said i owned over 2000 domains at one point and yeah. some of them were purchased on an empty bucket of willpower so it's uh great i'm really interested in the buckets if we have the willpower bucket the inflammation bucket <laughs> and ryan levesque's ass bucket we're fully bucketed so <laughs> let's catch up on uh, the next episode yeah. and we'll talk about eating and discomfort and all those good things so thank you so much anita again check out anita's program if you've enjoyed this discussion go to superfastbusiness.com forward slash anita and you'll be able to discover her program and how it works you know i have been lucky enough to have received direct help from anita in taking control of my own health and turning my doctors from the bow down and praise lord gods of health to just being more of a consultant and i've actually had to do some educating along the way with the help of anita when i've been getting blood works and things and being able to defy the medical system in in certain cases with getting results that they said were not going to be achievable so let's keep it coming a few more episodes from us anita yeah i'm looking forward to um just to kind of throw this in our favorite topic of dna is going to be coming up in the next episode because i want to give you some Ooh. ideas about how to use your dna to design your bespoke nutrition protocol i love that i just spoke at an event recently and i explained you know we've got all these self-help books and information programs on mindset and spirituality and meditation everyone's talking about the software component but what what hardware are we? Like, what system are we actually running here? What's this software in? If we could find out what we are, are we a Mac? Are we a PC? Like, <laughs> what is our body? And the DNA was just such a lightning bolt for me. It's like a reveal. It's like, hey, here's what you've been running around in for the last 40 odd years. This is where it's most suitable. This is where you're going to struggle a bit. It's like the instructions on the packet where it says, you know, do not leave in direct sunlight. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, like you finally get some instructions or details or specs of what you actually are. It's just such a powerful metaphor. Okay, I'll catch up with you on the next episode, Anita. Speak to you soon. Thanks, James. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com.